All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Rolling through Tuesday afternoon. How are you? Welcome back to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Also coming to you live on Oilers Nation YouTube. So thanks for uh, watching. Thanks for uh, listening. The Greger Show, as always, is presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Alberta's only online regulated gambling website where 100% of the revenue stays right here in the province. So uh, even if you lose... You could win because some of your money basically considered it's like a deposit to get all the roads fixed. Hmm. Dare to dream. Dare to dream. As, uh, we are joined now uh, in studio by a uh, former NHLer, first round pick, former uh, AJHL uh, head coach and uh, GM, Sean Brown. Joins us. Brownie, how you doing? Gregor, great. Happy to be here. Uh, great day in Edmonton, obviously. Training camp starting up tomorrow for the Oilers. Uh, it's beautiful out. The tree leaves are changing. Uh, it's just a, a really nice time of the year, and it's actually nice. I was thinking as I was driving here how nice it is to actually see the leaves change and enjoy this season because I remember not that long ago being you know caught up in my career and you know the stress that comes along with it. You, you, quite often the fall would, would buzz by, and I wouldn't even recognize it. Yeah. So speaking of camps, do you, you remember your first NHL training camp? And uh, like how nervous, how excited were you? And uh, what was something that stood out from your first camp? Yeah, I was really nervous. Obviously, being a big fan um, of the Bruins and the NHL, getting you know drafted high uh, by the uh, Bruins and going to uh, Boston was was really exciting. And, and especially to see the guys that I grew up watching, right? Cam Neely, Ray Bork. Um, those were some aha, you know, some aha moments. And, um, you know, you get on the ice and you're just, you know, you got to quickly go from, 
from being a fan to being like, gee, I, I got to perform here. I got to yeah. show, you know, why I'm here. That took a little while, to be honest with you, because yeah. like I said, being such a fan of these guys, you know, I do remember after practices and any chance I could, I would always go to the sports store, the local sports store, and I'd buy eight by tens, pucks, all these different things, and I would go and buy it, and then I'd go get them to sign it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. And then I, you're hawking it on the street <laughs> later on. Eh? <laughs> so, I'm sure at different times. I'm sure at different times. I actually remember. I, it might have been Bork. I, I I don't remember exactly, but it was a player, and I remember I was getting, you know, Cam Neely and these guys to sign sticks and and like I said, uh, photos. And I remember them looking at me and being like. Hey man, you're probably going to play in this league one day. And, you know, I was just like, yeah, maybe, but you know, right now, if I, not, <laughs> I <wanna. laughs> so, you know, I have actually quite a collection at home. Really? Oh yeah. Quite oh. a collection at home. Uh, so you, you kept know. it all. You didn't just, uh, you know, forget about it or anything. No, I got, I got two older brothers, one brother, my other brother, my oldest brother is not, he's not necessarily in the sports as much as me and my, my middle brother, but um, you know, he got into collect. It was funny because I collected all this stuff. I have, I had so much of it. I didn't have a house at a to- at the time, so I just kept it at my parents. Okay. So my brother bought his house uh, with him and his wife, uh, and so he's he's you know excited. He calls me and he's like, "Man, you got to see my basement." I'm like, "Oh yeah, why? What's going on?" He's like, "Everyone just loves all the the items and stuff that I put on the wall," and I'm like, "Well, what would you put on the wall? What do you have?" And he's like, I went over to mom and dad's and got all your stuff and got it all framed up. So <laughs> he just took it. He just took it. Oh, so classic. I, I knew, yeah, I knew the excitement that he had in his voice. And, um, you know, I was obviously still playing. So it wasn't a big deal for me to, yeah. to go collect it again. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was funny how, you know, over the years, you know, I, I got this, but I did play with a uh, funny story. I played with Josh Green. Yeah. And so I used to, I did get razzed. I did get razzed going, you know, collecting stuff and everyone was kind of like, where's the, where's this stuff going? Who let the seeker in the room? Blah, blah, blah. Um, but it was funny after our careers were over, Josh came over with his son and, uh, and he's like, you know what? I wish I had some of this stuff. Yeah. I wish I collected it. And I looked at him and I was like, you gave me nothing but the grief, grief yeah. in front of everyone. And now you know <laughs> why I did it, you know? Yeah. And so now I got a young son, uh, and, uh, him and his buddies are into it. I don't, I've never collected it with a purpose of reselling it or anything. Uh, I have it out, uh, on the wall or in a cabinet. And, uh, you know, I let, I think it's important for all the kids to come and touch it, feel it, wear it, you know, especially when they were younger and playing mini sticks and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. You know, um, you know, because I know what it's like to, to be a fan and admire these guys and, and who knows what it could do, you know, for them and their, with their imagination and, where it could maybe bring them in the future. But, you know, I never looked at it as a value of being like, I'm going to get some money out of this. I just look at it like, hey, this is awesome for my kids to touch and hold and share. I never believed in putting it in necessarily a frame and just kind of, you know, up there just to look at. I I wanted kids to touch it and stuff. Sean Brown's with us. So do you have, like, is there one piece that really stands out to you or two? Um, Hmm. You know what? I, there, I guess there's there's maybe a couple. I thought it was cool last year. You know, with uh, one of the initiatives that the New Jersey Devils did was uh, during Black History Month, is they honored the guys that were you know had played in their organization. So they asked me if they could put uh, a photo 
of me on their logo. Okay. And uh, I thought that was really cool. And they sent me a jersey. Oh, nice. Um, that was really amazing. Um, I, I got a Yogi Berra jersey. I thought that was really cool, cool. just how I got it. Because I don't, you know, I always wanted to get it, get stuff based on relationships and okay. In you know the fact that I've had a chance to meet them, yeah, right. And so Yogi, when I was with New Jersey, was friends with the owner. Um, so he used to train there in the morning, and so during the summer, Yogi Berra, yeah, and so, he's like in his seventies. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so he, I, I go to New Jersey, and I didn't obviously you know know anyone, but I was working out, and and there was always this old guy on the treadmill. And so he was there every morning and, you know, I would say hi to him and stuff, but I really didn't know Yogi and I didn't know, you know, what his relationship was. So at the end of one of our, both of our workouts, we just happened to meet in the shower. So I'm showering with this guy and, and I was kind of like, as I got talking to him, I figured like it was Yogi. And, and so the trainer, I said, you know, I said to Vass who was training, uh, training me, I said, is that, that's Yogi Bear? Like the Yogi? He's like, yeah. And what a nice guy. He was unbelievably generous with his time. Some of the greatest quotes ever in sports history, man. Yeah. So that night after or that afternoon, I went out and bought a, like his, what is it? Yogi, Yogisms? Yes. Like he had a book there oh, of yes. all his quotes. Yeah. Uh, I went out and bought a jersey <laughs> and uh, I got a ball uh, from a batting practice previous that I had at home. And uh, I went in the next day and, and yeah, Yogi signed it. And so I thought that was kind of cool because I got a chance to actually spend a lot of time with them. You know, we were always kind of done our workout at the same time. So we just kind of chatter about a number of, tell me different stories. I was just going to say, he must have had some unbelievable stories. Yeah. yeah. So, but me growing, like I obviously knew who he was, Yeah. Um, you know, but my team was, was obviously the Blue Jays, but yeah, he was just, I, I couldn't believe, you know, who he was uh, and how like I said, generous with his time and kind and you just, just a nice, just a nice guy. Um, so that, that Jersey kind of sticks out. Um, you know, I got Gretzky, uh, do you have a McDavid or a dry saddle? No, I don't really. I mean, like I said, I, I, I got stuff based on when I played uh, okay. and the relationship, yeah, right? Yeah. So I would get stuff and I would go down, like I would go down. I got do you there. have a Strudwick. <laughs> I don't. I do not have a Strudwick. Those are pretty hard to find. You probably yeah. went to the store. Jeez, I can't find one. How yeah. am I supposed to buy one? There's not around. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know what? It, uh, you know, the newer guys, like I said, I'm not, uh, there isn't, uh, you know, a real connection. So yeah. uh, I wanted to have stuff with guys that I was actually connected to. Yeah. No, that's... Uh that's great. Sean Brown joins us. Uh, now, you're wearing a, a Willie O'Ree t-shirt, it looks like. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you obviously met Willie? Yeah, so we did uh, uh, we did some charity stuff with him in Edmonton uh, when we'd go to New York. We did. Uh, he had a program there, Hockey in Harlem there. So me, LaRock, and um, Anson, Gager, uh, a bunch of us went down there and did some stuff with him. Um, I think that orders team was that the record for most black guys on yeah, one NHL yeah. team. So Black History Month was you know February was a big, <laughs> yeah. a big deal. Um, so yeah, it was kind of cool. Uh, I got this actually because they la- was it la- no two, two years ago when Bauer came out when they were honoring Willie O'Ree. Like, that's a really good. We got to get a picture of that. Like that's a cool show. What's the, the what does it say in the top left corner there? Fifty what? Nineteen fifty eight. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, when uh, when Willie was getting his jersey retired. Bauer did that um, to honor him, made these T-shirts. I think there's a limited edition yeah. of T-shirts. Uh, but they also did the skates that um, 
quite a few of the guys uh, throughout the league okay. wore, and yeah. it's basically the same graphics. And right. I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. Um, and so I called the Bauer guy and uh, just to see if there was an opportunity if I could get a pair. And yeah, it was. They sent me a pair. I could, it gives me goosebumps actually thinking about it. So they sent me a pair of Bauer skates, and uh, I actually got them the size of my uh, for my son. Oh wow! And so when he was playing in Drayton Valley in uh, one of the warm ups, I was like, you know, I, once again, I got them for the purpose of him, you know, and hopefully he'll want them and maybe put them up on his mantle. I'm, I'm never going to turn around and sell them, so it didn't really matter to me if he actually wore them. Um, but so yeah, he wore them for a warm up. For a warm up, and my parents so happened to be in town, which was really nice. So um, my dad went on the ice, and I got a picture with uh, my son, myself, and my son wearing uh, the jer- uh, the uh, skates. So so yeah, my wife uh, uh, wind up buying uh, this t shirt here, and like I said, I, I've met Willie numerous times, and and just what a gentleman. It was nice to see him get honored there by the Bruins. Um, and it's, you know, it's been really nice to get involved with his charities and be around him. Uh, we also took a, we took a vacation as a family down to California and we went up to, uh, um, we went to the Bauer, uh, the upper deck, sorry, yeah, yeah. the upper deck card store. Okay. Willie was there doing a signing. Yep. So that was really nice too. I got another opportunity to do a signing with him. Uh, I signed a card for my son, asked him a few questions. And yeah, so I guess when you're talking about some of the nicer things that I have, I do have a nice photo from Willie uh, that he personalized to myself. That would have to go up there for sure as one of the nicer things. Now, if a random person would look at, at a Sean Brown autograph, would they be able to know it was Sean Brown? No. No, like no. you're John Henry. So it's not you don't have a Gordy Howe? No, uh, Gordy's is so nice. It is. Yeah, I got one of Gordy's. Yeah, yeah. it's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Yours I, is just like chicken scratch, yeah. SB. Exactly. Yeah, it's not great. It's <laughs> definitely not. It's hard, man. I've tried like even just joke like because, yeah. you know, you have to write for checks and stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, let's see. Yeah. You know how I'm like, God, like I'm the worst. Like I can I got like doctors writing. Like, yeah. honestly, you know, yeah. like, I can read it. No one else can read it. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I mean, that's part of it, too. Right. Growing up and seeing someone's autograph and well, and the, the ones that you could decipher. Because it was almost like, well, who's that guy? Yeah. And unless they put their number by it, you're yeah. like, I have no yeah. clue. Yeah. So I, I guess I was, you know, influenced maybe by, you know, at a young age getting autographs from young junior generals or whoever. And the fact that the fact it was it was a little messy, probably. Oh, you kind of like that. I, I kind of okay. like that, you know, uh-huh. but there are some nice ones like Gordy. Marty McSorley had a nice one, yeah. I thought. Yeah. Um, there are some guys that, you know, definitely have good penmanship and. You know, and then there's other guys that, you know, I was actually watching that uh, documentary there with Conor McGregor, and I don't know if you've seen like the way he signs it. He literally just makes like a little loop. Yeah, like there is nothing to it. I, I'm not, you know, I, I you got to spend a little time, I think, with your <laughs> autograph to make it, you know, more meaning. It, it comes across that I think is more meaningful. Yeah, yeah, no, I would totally agree. So quickly going back to your first camp, you know, you're asking Bork and Neely for all this stuff. Now, your first camp in the 90s, like there were still lots of, like, were you dropping the flippers in your first camp? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's actually funny. Um, so I was out there uh, with, uh, I was the second pick. Steve McLaren uh, was. Kyle McLaren. Uh, sorry, Kyle McLaren yeah. was the uh, first, their first pick in the first round. Um, and I remember going to camp. It, their practice facility was out in Wilmington. Steve Casper was the coach. And, you know, 
there's a lot to learn coming out of junior, obviously, to be a pro, right? Number one is the conditioning and shape that they're in. I thought I was in shape. But I wasn't in. I wasn't in pro shape. Yeah, um, you're so, in junior shape. Yeah, and yeah. so we're doing a drill. Um, and I was, I was tired. I remember like this skate. I was, you know, it was everything I could do to keep up in every way, uh, cardio especially. But we wind up doing this uh, angle drill in the neutral zone. So we had two lines uh, on one side of the ice, uh, one line on the one side of the red line, one side on the other, and use the two neutral zone dots. And he would put the we'd he'd blow the whistle, and we'd have to go around our dot, and then he'd spot either guy the puck. So it was an angle drill. And so I was going against Cam Neely, and so he gives the puck to Cam Neely, and so now I'm angling Cam Neely, and I take the wrong angle, and it was a moment of like. I either hit him or he just walks right by me and I look worse. And you got to make this decision quick, right? And what'd so you do? I chose to hit him. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, you know, he's, he's a bit, he's bigger than I thought. Yeah. Right. And, uh, so I hit him and he was just coming off that whole Samuelson oh, yeah, injury. Yeah. And, you know, obviously those guys do not want to deal with someone like me at that, at that time or any time. Um, and so we went, you know, I went flying at least. And, uh, I remember getting up and thinking, oh my God, what's going to happen next? Like, I got to be ready just in case. And, uh, I looked at him and he was, you know, had a look of, you know, he was scowling. He was scowling. <laughs> he was giving me the old stink eye. He was choked. And so it's funny. Nothing happened. And I, I come back in, uh, I come back in line. And, uh, Oates, I'm, I'm right next to Oates and he's giggling and he looks at me and he's like, you got a lot of kid. <laughs> and I and just, you're like, it was an accident. Yeah. I took the wrong angle, yeah. but you're like, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, that was kind of a, you know, like that was, that was an eye opening moment. And then once again, it was funny. So I, I get off the ice. I wind up having, you know, we had at that time, there was no NHLPA and yes. you could practice and skate as long as you wanted <laughs> or as long as they'd keep you out there. So, you know, throughout the scrimmage and different, uh, we, the, the scrimmage is over and I get off the ice and I asked my mom to pick up a disposable camera and you know, the one, the old, yeah, yeah, yeah. The old you wind, you black and yellow. Yeah, yeah. Black and yellow. You wind up there. So, so my mom's up, my parents came and watched my for fr- kids listening out there. They used to have a camera that you had to wind. Like you would take the little knob and you would crank it and then you could take a picture. Yeah. So my, and you pa- didn't get to see it right away. You had to wait and then go get it developed <laughs> just in case. So our listeners like, what are they talking about? Yeah. And to that point, so I called my mom down. Uh, and I'm like, mom, bring the camera. I want to get a picture with Ray Bork as we get off the ice in our equipment. So she comes down and I'm like, Bork, I'm like, can I get a photo? And he's, of course, he's like, yeah. And so I put my arm around him. He's got a, I think I had a white jersey and he had a black, like it was just, it, it could have been the best photo. My mom takes it. I wind up getting it back and it was blurry. <laughs> It would have been the oh, nicest photo oh, the worst ever, thing. and it's I can you can still tell it's him, and you can tell it's me, but it's not ah, hey, the best photo. Dude, you, that story that you just told is the, the life of everybody uh, up until you were able to. Like I remember, like Polaroids. That's why it was a big deal because you could at least see fairly yeah. quickly yeah. if it worked or not. But you used to take photos, and you'd hope to God you would drop them off. They get developed, and then you unroll. You're looking at your bag. Somebody's thumb is in the picture. Somebody, yep. you know, you missed your head, and you're just like, God. I would say a good sixty to seventy percent. Like 
My mom, God love her, smart at everything, yeah. one of the worst pitcher takers ever. Yeah. Like, you look at our pitchers and, like, some of the family albums we have, I'm just like, why is this pitcher yeah. in here? Like, it's so yeah. different now. Yeah. Right? But that's that's kind of all you yeah. had. So sometimes you'd be like, well, I got to keep yeah. one of them. Yeah. There is no bad pitchers now. Like yeah. you, every time you take a photo, it's like, hey, let me see your camera. And you're looking at yeah. it and you're, you're making a quick adjustment. Where, like you said, back in the day, nobody was even, no. you're getting people at their purest form raw. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, people aren't looking. They're in the background doing whatever. Yeah. It's the worst. The worst. Or the best. Depends. Yeah. Uh, when we return, uh, Dave McCarthy will uh, join us, our uh, regular Tuesday guest uh, all throughout the uh, hockey season. Dave is back next. Jason Greger, Sean Brown with you on Sports 1440 and live at OrdersNation.com. It's a Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We continue on. A little Bruno Mars for you on a Tuesday afternoon. Welcome back to the Jason Greger Show with Sean Brown presented by PlayAlberta.ca. You can always get involved. You can text us at 833-401-1440. Obviously, you can leave a comment in the uh, Orders Nation uh, YouTube chat where people are watching. Uh, the con man and Declan are always uh, chiming in on there, putting out a few poll questions and different things like that, so it's a lot of fun. we got a lot of texts flying in. Hey, guys, did uh, Brownie ever play with uh, Igor Ulanov from uh, Ricky in the Donut? I did play with Igor. Uh, Igor was uh, was a great guy. Um, Igor has to be probably one of the toughest guys oh, I have ever goodness. played with, right? I got block shots literally with his face, like he, no big deal. He would just eat pucks, right? He was fearless the way he went down uh, and just game after game, shift after shift. And he was eating them in spots that people, you know, obviously they wouldn't be able to see him in the dressing room. They wouldn't see the welts on his body. And, and, and the fact, like, there's toughness, like, LaRock is obviously a tough guy. Fighter tough, yeah. Fighter tough. Yeah. And then there's. He can't block a shot. He's not that tough. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, to be honest with you, there's a difference in, oh, yeah. you know, that tough and then Ulanov, uh, Jason Smith, like, those guys are absolute nail guns. Yeah. And I just admired watching him and the fact that it was day after the consistency in which he did it. Yeah. Right. And just, I always really, really enjoyed after a game you know and it meant that much more when you win and you see guys sitting in the trainer's room with Kenny Lowe putting bags and bags of ice like that's those are the guys like that's contagious yeah. right and you want to play with guys like that. Well, Ulanoff is one of the defensemen like when you talk to Oiler fans of that era Ulanoff was one of their favorites because he stood out for a lot of the reasons. Just like, yeah, you know what? At times, man, I'd throw up his pizza, whatever. But he was, as you mentioned, so consistent in his willingness to just sacrifice his body at any point. And man, he could deliver a few hellacious hits. Oh. <laughs> he could rock yeah. some guys. That's one thing that I mean. And he also, that guy liked to party. Oh yeah, he like he looked good too. He had good style. He oh, liked that. He, he was yeah. a you know he had yeah, good style. He, he liked to party. His, he always yeah. had. He was kind of in that. Generation like his, I remember seeing Ulan like his suits yeah. were on a different level. Yeah, well put together. Yeah, um, but that's one thing that Edmonton fans—that's all they really ask for, right? Is that blue collar? Give it, give you, give us everything you got. Yeah, and we will love you. Um, and they've always supported those guys. Yeah, that's fair. That I think that's very accurate. Right? Yeah. Kelly Buckberger guys like yeah. that. Like yeah. they're just like yeah. you know what lunch bucket type of guy shows up all the time. I think most people can relate to that. It's very blue collar town. Uh, in, in, in blue collar town in the attitude, but uh, obviously the huge amount of successful businesses and individuals as well in Edmonton in that regard. But uh, definitely kind of like a, a blue collar mentality yeah. for sure. So uh, let's go around the NHL now brought to you by McDonald's. And for a limited time, you can get the mighty McMuffin or the mighty McGriddle. 
which is made with bacon, sausage, egg, and cheese on a McGriddle or McMuffin. Right now at McDonald's. And we welcome back on a new station, but a longtime guest of the show uh, every Tuesday. Uh, he joins us. Uh, you hear him uh, all the time on uh, Sirius XM, uh, usually on the uh, on the Sunday brunch, but he does a, a lot of stuff during the weekdays as well. Dave McCarthy joins us. Uh, Danger Dave, how you doing? Oh, it's great to be back on with you, boys. It's a little nostalgic for me. I love it, but um, enjoying the show. I was enjoying your your talk about uh, the old uh, disposable cameras. I'm old enough to remember those boys. Uh, <laughs> now, is that like a? Is that your right behind you? Is that your wine rack? That's part of it. Yeah. Jeez, Davey, who knew? Yeah. The big guy. Like we just thought there'd be birds in there, but man, it looks like that's a no. pretty, uh, pretty stellar wine collection you got going there. Yeah, you, you know me. I like to get to the bar every now and again. Yeah, right, yeah. Gregor? Yeah, classy guy. All right, you got the hat. Yeah. You got the wine. So I yeah. like it. Um, so a, a few things here. The uh, uh, you know the NHL everything gets going uh, tomorrow. Obviously, we could argue that last week was the big story with the Babcock lunacy and you know well really it is he in what he did and you know the, the Blue Jackets end up uh, letting him go. What's your sense of a uh, Pascal Vincent and, and how things are going to go for him? Well, it's really difficult to be thrown into a circumstance where suddenly you go from being the guy where you think coming into training camp, I'm essentially going to be pushing pucks around the ice and supporting the head coach to now being the guy that has to craft the message and get the group to buy in. Um, and, oh, by the way, you've got two days to do that. Uh, that's an unenviable task at the best of times. So he's got his work cut out for him. You know, it kind of reminds me of the situation a handful of years ago when Patty Waugh pulled the shoot in Colorado and Jared Bednar essentially got a battlefield promotion. And that year did not go very well. I think they had 48 points that year, and it really was um, one of the, the worst regular seasons in the history of the National League. So you hope that's not the case with Columbus because prior to all of this going down, you know, I had Babcock on the season finale of the brunch. Um, one, because I wanted to hear what he had to say, but two, I think the Blue Jackets are a team that's done some really nice work in the offseason, going out and getting Ivan Provorov uh, to upgrade their defense. Uh, you end up with Adam Fantilli, who is a guy that we'll see how Pascal Vincent uses him. He's got to be careful not to put him in a position where it's it's too much for him to handle. Uh, but But they were a little bit weaker down the middle of the ice. They get a guy that, in a lot of people's minds, probably could have gone number two overall, and in a year that didn't involve Connor Bedard in the draft, but potential number one overall pick. You add that into the second year of Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, now he's got a little bit more comfort in Columbus. Uh, hopefully Patty Line can stay healthy for a change. Now there's a lot to like about this Blue Jackets team. And you know, I, during, the, uh, during the show that we were doing uh, in the summertime, you know, we were talking about Columbus as maybe a sleeper playoff pick in in their division, but now obviously everything's been thrown in a blender, and it's going to be up to Pascal Vincent to try to um, craft a message, get everybody to buy in, um, and do that in short order, and that is not easy to do. Uh, Dave, in the market that you're in, there's lots of uh, expectations in Toronto, similar to Edmonton. Um, you know, the Maple Leafs brought back their, their core again. Uh, Austin Matthews signs the, the four year extension. Uh, they're negotiating with, uh, with William Nylander at this point. When you look at the Leafs, what do you like about their team? And are there any areas that you feel they didn't upgrade that they should? Oh, 
Yeah, well, what I like about their team is that they've they've done some nice work in bringing in some forwards that look a little bit different than the core of the team. Uh, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, John Tavares, they're all kind of cut the same way. They're immensely talented, but but they don't really go wires cross very often, if, if at all. And I, I think you need an element of that on your team. So in bringing in guys like Tyler Bertuzzi, Max Domi, and Ryan Reeves, um, certainly Domi and Bertuzzi, they've got skill. They can play. They can play up the lineup. Um, but they'll drag you into the fight every now and again. And I think Ryan Reeves is a guy that will will add some noise to that locker room. Uh, that was a really quiet bench. You ask anybody who's been between the benches, uh, doing games, you know, it's just there's not a lot of uh, a lot of of energy at times on that bench, and that's not going to be the case with Ryan Reeves. We were talking to him yesterday, and, and and saying sort of how do you gauge coming into a new room? Like, what's your approach? Are you are you kind of slow? Do you try to feel everybody out? He's like, no, I just come in chirping, guns a blazing, and then I see how people react and adjust accordingly. So, I, I think a guy like that is 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 really good to have in the mix. So, so I, I like those changes. You look up the the left side now. If you want to say you want to say Matt Nice, Max Domi, Tyler Bertuzzi in any order, you know I'll take that uh, ahead of ahead of Michael Bunting, Alex Kerfoot, and Pierre Engvall any day of the week. So I like that up front. I think they'll be they'll be fine. There's going to be a few battles. I think third line center. They're still going to sniff around, see what they're going to do there. Because I think David Camp's a fourth line center, so maybe a potential battle there. Max Domi said he'd be willing to play center, willing to play wing. You know, we'll see what happens there. They they do need to upgrade on the back end. Um, that that is an area of concern for me. But as I always caution people, um, the roster that you see on day one of camp, on day one of the regular season, is not the roster no. that you see the day after the trade deadline. Can you keep yourself in the mix? With what you have up until that point, I think the answer to that question in Toronto is yes. But if they want to be serious about contending for a Stanley Cup, which is their goal and it should be, they will need to make a move on the back end because that's just not good enough right now on the blue line. Hi, Dave. Um, I uh, I just want to say I enjoy your show. Uh, I couldn't agree with you anymore with the uh, Reeves assessment there i think that with bertuzzi um and domi those guys are going to play that much bigger i know what it's like to play with another big heavyweight guy you know george larocque in the lineup and i know how much bigger and heavier everyone plays so um i think it's also going to rub off on their skilled guys as well what do you think of ottawa detroit and buffalo i love ottawa's um you know, the, the prospects and the talent that they have, Buffalo as well. Who do you think out of Ottawa, Buffalo, Detroit will make the playoffs? Well, that's a great question because I think all three of those teams have the potential to do so. Uh, I would say Ottawa and Buffalo are in a different class compared to Detroit. Um, that's just my opinion. Some people are high on Detroit. I'm kind of of the mind that uh, Steve Eiserman went out and spent a lot of money on on some guys that – maybe are going to be a little bit too high in the lineup based on the salary that they now command. Um, but, but they'll be more competitive, I would think. Um, to me, it's going to come down to, to Buffalo and Ottawa. 
Um, and look, to me, Buffalo is the one that I'm, I'm going to go with. They are going to be able to score really effectively. Uh, we saw it last year. Um, there's only more improvement um, year over year from some of their younger players, guys like Dylan Cousins that have another year of experience. Uh, Tage Thompson, I don't see any reason why he's going to slow down. Uh, I really like the Buffalo Sabres. I think on the back end, um, Owen Power really quietly had a really good season for a blue liner as a 19-year-old last year. Uh, played a lot of minutes, played them, um, quite frankly, well for a team that had uh, difficulty in defending structurally. Um, so you look at, you look at Rasmus Dahlin, you look at Owen Power. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good one-two punch. You look at teams that go deep into the playoffs. They've got that one-two on the blue line where, you know, for, for 50 to 52 minutes a game, one of them is on the ice. And I think we're getting to that point in Buffalo with Dahlin and Power. Don't forget Matias Samuelson as well. Just a really effective, uh, defenseman that can eat up some minutes, can contribute in a number of different areas. Um, they went out and they brought in some experience with a guy like Eric Johnson, which I think will help on the, on the back end, the, uh, the bottom pairing. So the, the question to me with Buffalo is, will they be able to get a stop? They can get a stop from uh, a Devin Levi. You got to be careful. It's a lot to ask of a young goalie, but um, he's got a, a lot of pedigree uh, is very highly thought of. Um, if he can, if he can heat up, and and deliver, uh, or if Uka Pekalukinen can 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 contribute, you know that to me is where the the I'm not going to say concern because if they play well, it's of no concern. But that'll be where the question mark is going into the year. But I, I think Buffalo would be my pick. Um, Ottawa. What I'll say about Ottawa, Sean, is um, year after year over the last two or three years, we've continued to hear about how good these guys are. And then by um, American Thanksgiving, it's all over with because they stumble out of the gate. Um, for the Senators, it'll be it'll be incumbent on them to get off to a good start to make sure they're in the mix. If they can do that, they absolutely have the potential. But I got to see it from Ottawa before I'm I'm really willing to jump on board there. And uh, Dave, this just coming down from Darren Dreger, uh, Tanner Pearson has been traded from Vancouver to Montreal. Not hmm. sure on the return yet, but uh, the the uh, Canucks had to shed some salary to be cap compliant, and it uh, looks like they just got rid of three million bucks. Sounds like they're not retaining any salary in this transaction uh, from Montreal. Now, who knows if Pearson if he's going to play or not? Maybe it's just on LTR. We'll see. But uh, so they move out uh, three mil uh, for him. What do you make of the Canadians? Like how how improved do you think they are? Is this another year where they're a bottom five team and they just keep on the track of their rebuild. Yeah, I think they're going to have to keep on the, the track of their rebuild. Um, there's just too many good teams in the Atlantic division right now, from my standpoint, uh, for there to be a path into the playoffs for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, I think they are heading in the right direction. And I think we'll be thinking of Montreal like we're thinking of Buffalo and Ottawa in, in the very near future, if not next season. They've got a, a lot of really nice parts. Um, Yuri Slavkovsky, I know you and I, Jason, talk about this all the time. I think they, they erred oh, in putting him in the National League last year. Um, and that was essentially a, a lost year of development. So I don't know what they have in, in Slavkovsky. I mean, he was a number one overall pick, so you have to think 
that uh, they've got something. Now, I don't have to tell you guys in Edmonton, it's not always a guarantee. See Neil Yakupov. Um, but, you know, let's see. If, if he can be effective, um, you know, I think Cole Caulfield is a guy that has the potential to score 40 goals. Uh, I think Nick Suzuki is a really, really quality two-way centerman that has the potential to, to put up 75 to, to 80-plus points and be a guy that takes on a lot of heavy minutes defensively. Sean Monahan uh, got off to a great start last year before he got hurt. Um, my understanding is he's coming back into camp uh, healthy, um, finally, for the first time in quite some time. You hope that is the case. Um, yeah, I, I think they're going to be, they're not going to be a doormat, I don't think, but uh, I don't see a path into the playoffs for Montreal, and, and I think that's okay. They've been delivering the message well. Um, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon in that marketplace to, to earn themselves a little bit of patience among the fan base because you don't want to do it ad hoc. You don't want to squeeze in and get pumped and then, you know, come back the next year and try and squeeze it again. You want to build yourself into a sustainable container and that takes time. Um, a sustainable contender, I should say. It takes time. Um, and, and I think what they're doing right now, they've, they've accumulated a lot of quality young players. Now I think they're shifting into that development phase. That usually takes a year or two, like we saw with Ottawa, like we saw with Buffalo. But I think they're headed in the right direction. I just don't think it's going to be this year. Davey, good to see you, my man. We're happy to have you on the show again. And uh, we look forward to lots of uh, riveting hockey talk uh, every Tuesday, mixing with a little bird and maybe even some wine chatter. So uh, no. have yourself a great place. day. Thanks. Always good to be on, fellas. That's uh, Dave McCarthy from Sirius XM around the NHL, brought to you by McDonald's. So uh, if you missed it, Tanner Pearson has been traded from Vancouver to the Montreal Canadians will come back. We've got lots of text, lots of Igor Ulanoff text, uh, some questions for Brownie. Uh, and more, we'll have uh, uh, Struds coming up uh, in about uh, 40 minutes. We also will uh, have uh, Spec DVD, uh, some update on the Jays, and more as you are listening to the Tuesday edition of the Jason Greger Show on Orders Nation YouTube and Sports 1440, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Oh, this many years later, it's still a classic song. Welcome back. Jason Greger, Sean Brown with you on the Jason Greger Show. Presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Coming to you live from the Ewell studio, E-W-E-L.ca. Your place, one-stop shop for all your electrical needs. We have uh, lots of text to get to in our Jiffy Lube inbox. 833-401-1440. Lots of, uh, hey guys, uh, what about when you'd get someone else's pictures? Oh, that, that was a classic. Ever happened to you, Brownie? You know, you drop off your photos at the photo store and then they come back and, you know, <laughs> you open up the bag, you open up the thing when you get home. You're like, wait a sec. These aren't mine. So I had a buddy of mine who worked at one of those places and he said, you'd be amazed. And, and it's funny because people now are like, Oh, I can't believe the pictures people take. I'm like, no, the difference is people are now have it on their phone and then they might be dumb enough to share it with people instantly. <laughs> But before, people used to take some crazy pictures, and legally, you weren't supposed to develop certain ones. Yeah, I, I can't say that I've been on the. You never uh, got the I, wrong I, ones. No, I've never been on nah, that me side. Neither. Of it. I never got you the know, wrong but ones. That, I, I would see the excitement of getting them. Well, depend. Well, not really, or the disappointment. Like, yeah. wait a sec. Yeah. Who the hell is this? Yeah. Do I, I'd be like, did I really forget this last night? <laughs> Who's this jabroni? God, I don't even know what a night. Like, yeah. Oh man, that would be. Uh, that would be classic. So, hey guys, thanks Sean Brown for giving Matthew Barnaby an epic beating he deserved back when Barnaby was with the Rangers. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Still one of my favorite Oilers from Mo. Ooh. Did you give give, uh, Barnaby a good beating one night? Uh, I did actually. That was yeah. He was in New York. Uh, I think I had two goals. I two, two goals that, like, and a tilt. Did you get an assist? No, we got the fight was the assist. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Actually, I think I, that was early too when I met my uh, now wife. Uh, she was at the game, so I, well, I she's th- just like, oh, I, I think this I guy said, goal scorer. I think I set the bar a little too high. <laughs> <laughs> she's, what is this that I married? Uh, you know? Yeah, what happened to those two goal games? <laughs> I thought that's who I was marrying. Not this guy off the glass and out. Yeah, yeah. What a disappointment. She stuck with me though, hoping. <laughs> she may still think it's coming, but yeah, no, that was uh, that was one of my better ones for sure. Because Bar- Barnaby's obviously a very, very tough guy. Um, had a great career, and uh, yeah, sometimes I guess you get lucky, especially if you, you know, you're especially if you get your first one in. You know, you get your first shot in. Usually good to go. Yeah. Now, your first training camp, you'd been drafted by Boston. You go to training camp three months later. Then you got traded, right? You come to to Edmonton. Now, you're a Canadian guy, but I don't know if you'd ever been out west or not. So what was your – because that's your second year in the league now. Well, second second training camp, I guess we should say. Yeah. Uh, how was your first training camp with Edmonton? Glenn Sather, I'm pretty sure, was the GM. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot different than my first training camp because I think I was such a fan and just so naive to everything that was going on when I went to Boston's first camp that, you know, I didn't really expect anything or, and they probably really didn't expect a whole lot from me either. So I went in there, uh, you know, pretty naive and green where, you know, now I had had an opportunity in an an experience and was like, Hey, I'm close to this. I I got a chance here. Um, so when I went to Edmonton's camp, to be honest with you, I think I put, I put a lot of pressure on myself of being like, Hey, you know, I, I got to make, uh, you know, I want to play here. I want to make this team. I want to make a, a, a good first impression. And to be honest with you, it wasn't, it wasn't as good of a camp. I went in there very nervous. I actually remember being on the ice and, um, God, I'm drawing a blank for him right now. David Oliver, 
Yeah. Uh, David Oliver, I was playing against him. And like I said, because of, you know, me being a fan of the game and, and fan of certain players and the respect I had for veterans, I remember being in a situation uh, where I got into it with David Oliver and and he gave me a shot. And I remember thinking, well, who is this guy? And what is, you know, what is the code here? Which you just should not be thinking. Yeah. Period. And I, I chose not to do anything. And I remember, I remember that moment of being like, I handled that wrong. Okay. Um, and, and it wasn't a good camp. Once again, I don't think I was in the best of shape. <laughs> Slow learner. Slow I like learner. I don't think I was in the best of shape. Hashtag out of shape. Well, not yeah. out of shape, but not well, in, not as good a shape as they would expect. Yeah. Cause Teddy, now was Ted Green still with the orders then? Yeah. Yeah. Teddy, Teddy was there, but I didn't realize like, you know, how much you had to ride the bike. I was always worried for me. I was like, I, I need to be strong enough. Okay. Right. So my parents didn't, we didn't have the money and the resources like kids do now. So I, I, I remember getting this guy that I don't know what he was a bodybuilder. So he was, I was as strong as a whore, like an ox. I could, you know, move a house. But I could barely walk down the street. <laughs> right? So you're like, wait a sec here. I, uh, you know what? Anybody's if they need me to clear the net, I'll clear the net. Now if they need me to skate up and down the ice more than twice, we got a problem. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I come into camp, and, and Laroque, I think was very similar to me. Uh, probably we we disappointed them, and so once again, without the NHLPA and the rules, we were you know there we were on the ice multiple times a day, but in between those skates, uh, Teddy had LaRock and I, we had to ride the bike for like a half an hour. We had to keep our heart rate above 160. For a half hour? For 30 minutes. And if we didn't, if we went below 160, we had to start again. So it didn't matter whether it was him or myself. We were in on this together. So if one guy got under, the other other guy had to do it. Yeah, we were in on it together. How many times do you have to restart? We didn't, but it was close. And Teddy, great guy, Obviously, we all know what Teddy did throughout his career. Yeah, um, he sat there and watched us the whole time, and he was just looking at it. He watched our bike. He, for some reason, I think he took a little bit more to George, which you know gave me a little. Not that I could get out of the out of the work, but I think his focus was a little bit more. So if on he's George. watching George, if you drop down to one thirty five for a second, ooh, quick break. Oh, oh, speed up again. Here comes Teddy. Yeah. So yeah, it was that. That was a really tough camp. You know. Um, there wasn't, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of, t- I lost a lot of weight, actually. I didn't have a lot, a whole lot of time to eat in between skates. Um, and, and that was a grind. And, and so LaRock and I actually, I think we, we were one of the first to kind of get sent back to Hamilton because yeah. our junior career was over and we could go down to the American Hockey League. And I definitely think we, we didn't show as well as they were hoping and they were sending a message to us. Uh, and like I said, it might be a little bit of a slow learner, but that was the last time. Now you got into the year, the NHL of that year. That ninety six, that was your first year, yeah. right, in yeah. Edmonton. Yeah. So I think you played five or six games yeah. in in the American League. Yeah. Now, did you get called up at the end of the year or in the middle? Uh, you know what? I think it was a little bit of both. Like I think it was more towards like the middle. Okay. So um, do you remember your first NHL game? Gee, I thought last week I, I thought I remember my first NHL fight and I forgot it. Right? <laughs> I was off by one. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Colorado. Okay, I'll I played. I played Colorado because I, I remember obviously you know they had a they had a lineup you know with a ton of superstars oh, with yeah. Joe Sakic, Peter Forsberg, um, and I remember 
I remember thinking and realizing how tough uh, Peter Forsberg was. Oh, strong. Strong. And like, we all know him for his talent and his skill and ability. Um, but man, was he tough and strong on his skates. And I remember he finished his check uh, against me. I was getting the blue line or getting the red line to get it in. And he finished his check and I, and he almost put me over the boards. Really? Uh, yeah, I was actually, I was, I was really surprised at how, uh, how physical and how strong he was. What a competitor. Well, the thing that always irked me about Forsberg, though, is one shift, you couldn't knock him off the puck. He would be like, he'd have two defenders on me, shielding the puck, no problem. The next shift, a small five foot six forward skate by him. He's out diving. He's calling the penalty. God, yeah. he used to annoy me. Like, but you know, good for him. I just never like divers. Yeah, Flop I think I, those guys are so competitive. They're looking for any. Yeah, I, right? I mean, you watch Sidney Crosby, and yeah, you know, uh, that's you know, those those guys are are looking for anything they can get so they can get a little bit of space or a little bit of an edge. They're 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 super competitors. Yeah. So it didn't bother you if a guy dove. Well. uh I, I, yeah, I mean, it's not a guy, it, I didn't respect it a ton, but I think Peter Forsberg did so much on a whole that it was kind of, you know, you yeah, okay. had to respect his game yeah, no, that's in right. other ways. Yeah. Um, okay. Because he was so good on both sides of the puck. Yeah, that's true. So I'm, uh, I'm trying to see. Uh, oh, maybe I got the wrong year. Oh, I'll find, I'll find your first. I, I, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it was pretty Colorado. Pretty sure it was Colorado. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you get a point? Did, no. Did you get a fight? Actually, you know what? I'm I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you know what? I have the game sheet in my basement. It was Colorado. It's Colorado. Yeah, because yeah. I remember looking at all the, uh, like I said, all the, uh, some Hall of Famers and the lineup that they had. You know, I remember, I actually remember flying in, Sparky picking me up. I'm not a good flyer either, actually. That was a funny. So I was in Hamilton, obviously, and so I flew out. Instead of flying out of Toronto, Pearson, I flew out of Hamilton. Okay. And, uh. And I remember taking, looking out on the tarmac and thinking, okay, well, like, what plane am I taking? There's just a bunch of little puddle jumpers out here. And seeing my sticks go on this little 10-seater, 10-seater, and thinking, <laughs> oh, my God, I got to go on this plane. I remember I called my mom, and I was like, Mom, I'm like, I'm nervous to go on this little plane. And she's like, no, no, it'll be fine, it'll be fine, you know, it's, it probably won't go as high and... We went up. We went up like a. We went it up. Won't go as high. <laughs> Mom, the long tree. Oh yeah. It's yeah. okay, son. You yeah. won't go as high. You'll only be twenty five hundred feet up. Not not three thousand. Oh, okay, Mom. And, and we went up like a rocket, like straight up. You know, and uh, it was actually the the plane was so full with luggage and stuff. They had my sticks in the aisle, and I was. That's how small the plane was. And I remember the uh, the the pilot just passing back. Uh, a basket of peanuts and just being like, oh, this is going to be the longest hour of my life. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit long. So yeah, you played Colorado in Edmonton on February 21st. Then you were in Dallas on the 23rd in Anaheim on the 26th in LA on the 27th. And then back in Edmonton against the Montreal Canadians on March 1st. And then uh, obviously the trade deadline came and they added some guys and uh, so you went back down to the uh, to minors, and the next year you played more games in the uh, in the NHL. I think it was twenty some. So um, you know you kind of built your way up to it. But it's you know what did, now to George that Hamilton team. You guys had a pretty tough team that year in Hamilton, didn't you? Oh yeah, we had we had probably the toughest team us in uh, St. John's. I would say there was uh, there might have been another team in there as well. But yeah, that was actually I played the year uh, that Dennis Bombie broke the American League. Oh, uh, he had five hundred some pims. I've never seen anything like it. Like that guy, 
Larock is tough, obviously. Um, yeah. He's up there, you know, as as one of the toughest guys. Dennis Bomvey, I think for me, was probably the toughest guy. Um, you know, when he broke that record, he was literally, you know, there was no days off. He was fighting legit heavyweights every game, right? And he twice was, a game sometimes. He, he wasn't a guy to sit back either. He was taking, he'd give you his best, but he was willing to take your best. <laughs> and he just day game after game, right? He had these, uh, you know, there was a point where like his knuckles, you couldn't tell. It was just a big sludge hammer, right? Oh, it was he could God. barely hold on to his stick. He had raspberries all over his face. I, I I remember calling my dad at different times throughout that season and it because it was such a jump of toughness, intensity and and questioning whether I had the ability to grind through this. Yeah. You know, and my dad's just he just keep hanging in there, hanging in there and you know, obviously I wind up grinding through it, but you know, I think that's an important lesson, you know, for a lot of players to go through. Like, you know, I, I went up for five games and yeah. next year I went up for a little bit more. That grind of the American Hockey League is so important, I think, for athletes to understand, you know, obviously what it's like to be a pro, but then, you know, when you do get up to the NHL and the difference and, you know, how well, you know, you're treated and it's the NHL. And then now you, you don't take it for granted, yeah. right? You're it's, When you get a sniff, you don't want to go back to the Holiday Inn and do those, you know, four and five nights. And every team had multiple guys licking their lips oh, yeah. to get at you. That's a tough league. Yeah, it was tough. You guys had a really tough team. Sean Brown joins us every Tuesday here on the Jason Greger Show on Empton Sports Theater TSN 1260. Let's get to uh, Connor Halley, Sports Center update brought to you by Ewell from LED Lighting Audits and Retrofits to Design Built Distribution Systems. Ewell service can give you the edge you need to impress your clients. E-W-E-L dot C-A. Here is Connor Howley. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM. 
for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.